0: villagesoup.com It's just a little bit about minute before the hour and it's time to give you an update on the weather before we get to main currents. This afternoon sunny with a high of 83 tonight mostly clear 59 tomorrow sunny 83 Thursday night 59 Friday sunny 81 Friday night 59 and Saturday mostly sunny in 76 a great week look forward to it it's worth your time you're listening to weru.f 89.9 in blue hill 99.9 in bangor and weru.org all over the world stay tuned now for main currents
1: and this is main currents weru's weekly program featuring independent local news views and culture i'm your host amy brown Today, we're live with guests in the studio to talk about being child free by choice. And we'll be opening the phone lines for your calls throughout the program, so we hope you'll join us. According to a recent study, the decrease in carbon footprint from reduced reproduction is huge compared to lifestyle changes and conservation efforts. Yet, people who choose not to have children are almost universally considered to be selfish or social outcasts of some kind. Despite this, the child free by choice movement is growing. My guests today are all child-free by choice. Dr. Amy Blackstone is a University of Maine professor and chair of the Sociology Department. She studies childlessness and and the child-free choice, child-free families, workplace harassment, and civic engagement. Her work has been published in a variety of peer-reviewed journals, including American Sociological Review, Law and Society Review, sociolo- Sociology Compass, and Gender and Society. Professor Blackstone's research, or Dr. Blackstone's research, has also been featured by various media outlets, including The Katie Show, MPBN Radio, NBC, Fox, Today.com, MSNBC, Marie Claire Dame, Huffington Post, and other local and national venues, including WERU's Reproductive Left with Abby Strout. And that is still available on our archives. If you missed it, you can just go to weru.org and click on Reproductive Left in the archive section. Dr. Blackstone is also a founding advisory board member of Feminist Reflections, a blog hosted by the Society Pages. She has served as a consulting editor for Context and is the author of the textbook Principles of Sociological Inquiry, Qualitative and Quantitative Methods. She and her husband Lance, who is also with us today, blog about the child-free choice at We're Not Having a Baby. That's the name of their blog. Lance Blackstone's day job is managing software development. He also enjoys all things tropical, in particular snorkeling and scuba diving on tropical islands and when not on a tropical island, propagating coral in his home reef aquariums. Karen, Mary's daughter, is also with us today. She's a war tax refuser, climate activist, and the office manager at the Peace and Justice Center of Eastern Maine. And Larry Danzinger, who in addition to being the host of WERU's short feature Outside the Box has been an organizer for many years on justice, peace and environmental issues, and also formerly a paid staff member for resources for organizing and social change. He and Karen have lived together as a couple since 1982. Ah welcome everybody. Thank you. <laughs> now that the show's over, a very long <laughs> introduction. As we discuss this issue, all of the participants today are going to be talking about their personal knowledge and experiences, and Dr. Blackstone's also going to be filling us in on current research about this particular topic. And from the start, we're going to open the phone lines, which we normally wait a little while, but I figure this is a topic that people probably have an opinion about or some experience with already. So feel free to give us a call at any point, and we'll get uh, we'll take a side road if we need to, and we'll get back on uh, the outline that i have here the number into the studio is 4690500 again that's 4690500 you can also call toll free at one 625 9378 if you have weru programmed into your phone for calling in requests on the music show you can just use that number so Let's start with terminology. We're going to go around the table with terminology. A lot of people may use the word childless. That has some connotations with it. Other people prefer the term child-free. So let's go around the table, maybe starting with Karen, and uh, let me know what term you prefer, or maybe you have another one besides those two, and what those two words uh, connotate for you.
2: I would definitely describe myself as child free, although I haven't used that term about myself until recently i the The operative word for me is choice i'm I think like many other women, assumed that I would have children, and at the point that Larry and I got together and were talking about our future, I wanted to have children and said so and Larry, I'll let him speak for himself, but we had a difference <laughs> of opinion. And um, I chose freely at that time to not to have children. I could have tried to browbeat him into submission. I could have left him and gone about my business without somebody else who wanted to have children. so it was a choice and then, over the years, looking back on it, I realized that I approached that decision from a position of being a woman embedded in, I think Amy Blackstone called it a, a something natal, well, pronatal, pro-natal society, up. yes. And that what I thought was a free choice was constrained by a lot of cultural, family, political uh, influences. So it was a choice, but at the time, it didn't seem like a choice to be child-free. It was a choice not to drop everything to go after children. All
1: right, thank you. That's Karen, Mary's daughter. Larry Danzinger, do you want to go next or just because we're going around the table in that direction?
3: Um, I can follow up on what Karen said a little bit. Um, it's a good thing she didn't browbeat me, but um, I was happy to offer the option and felt strongly about it at the time. And uh, I, you can call me or I can call myself child-free, but more likely I would say, well, we don't have kids and we're really happy about it. So that's another way of looking at it. Um, we, I had several reasons for um, preferring not to have children. Uh, one was that um, the environmental issue, even in the 1980s, was clear because of some writings done in the 1970s, primarily um, a book called The Population Bomb by... Uh, Ann and Paul Ehrlich, uh, that um, eventually there wouldn't be room for all the people we were producing and that we would run out of space and run out of resources soon enough. So I was concerned about that. I was concerned about the effects on my day-to-day life because I liked what I was doing. I had time to do what I wanted to do. Uh, It would change my life significantly to have a child. And the third reason, which is unique to me, is um, I had I was wondering how I'd feel about having children and my attitude towards the child. And I want to make sure that if I were a parent that I'd be doing 51% at least of the parenting, and I wasn't sure I wanted to do that. So that was something that was unique to me. And uh, the other thing I did is uh, a couple of years after, maybe it was less than that, after we made the decision, I had a vasectomy. So that kind of cinched the deal.
1: Before we move on to Dr. Blackstone, I want to ask you uh, in researching for today's show, I came across a uh, website called Earth Overshoot Day, which is about population. And every year they estimate what year or what day in the year uh, the Earth's population consumes all of the outport of resources today. Uh, Karen, you're nodding. Karen Mary's nodding. You've heard of this. Mm. In 2015, it was August 13th at which the population. Can you say a little bit more about that? I've talking. heard of
2: the concept of the overshoot day and also studies that show that with our current population, we would need seven or nine planets, really, to, to adequately support the population we have now. If we all uh, lived more um, in line with ecological values, we'd only need two extra planets. <laughs> okay. So we, we just simply have too many people... Uh, for the resources that we have at this point.
1: All right, and maybe if any of the listeners want to say any more about that, we can get back to that as well. Uh, Dr. Amy Blackstone, you have done a lot of research on this topic, and so you have some insight into not only, obviously, how you feel about these two different terms, child-free versus childless, but also what other people think about them as well. So can you weigh in on that topic? Yes. Um,
4: So personally, I I identify as child-free, and I do that because I – uh, as Karen said, it, for me, it was a, a choice that I made freely, that I made happily. Um, I'm I'm very glad to be living in a time and a place when I have the right to make that choice for myself. Uh, so the term child free is a way of positively identifying that choice. As a researcher, the terms uh, and their meaning is very important to me. Um, it, we've had this. So there's been an increasing interest in. Uh, among researchers and people who've made the choice not to have children. But it's taken researchers a while to to realize that that we have groups of people who don't have children but want them and groups of people who don't have children and have opted not to have them and to and to also realize that those two groups are quite different uh, which makes sense when you think about it I mean in one case a group is living the life of their choosing and in, the, in another case um, they are not so uh, as a researcher to make claims about the child free I think it's really important to to recognize that those claims are being made um, when i use the term child free i'm talking about people who've made the explicit and intentional choice not to have them uh and and the research gets a little fuzzy because often um it, historically the term childless has been used to refer to both populations that's changed in the last 10 years or so um but it, methodologically it's an important distinction
1: okay and we're gonna move the microphone here because you've got so sharing the microphone lance blackstone what are your feelings about the two different terms and your preference?
5: Um, well, I identify as child-free as well. Um, I think, you know, I, I was kind of, well, I think there's two aspects to this. One is is kind of our, uh, me and Amy's history um, and how we came to be child-free. Um, for us, I think it was kind of an evolutionary thing, um, both of us after we got married we we kind of checked in occasionally and said do you want kids now no, no you do you want kids and the answer was always no um but there was always this built in assumption that at some point there would be kids um and and then at, at some magical point we just both kind of looked at each other and said we just don't want kids um and so i think at that point you know the decision the decision was really made um but, yeah, I, I identify as, as child free because I do think it's important. It's, it's extremely different to say, I don't want children and I'm happy with that, and then to be undecided, which is kind of another interesting category, um, or to really want kids and not be able to have them for whatever reason
1: how much of that distinction oh let me give the phone number real quick 4690500 if you'd like to join the program it's main currents we're talking about being child free by choice if you'd like to join the conversation with your comments or questions again 4690500 when it comes up just in you know social conversation so do you have kids and of course the assumption most of the time with most people is that you're going to say yes and you're going to break out the photos on your phone or whatever uh when you say no how much do you get into the distinction as to whether you're child free or childless? Do you get into it ever? You know, when do those conversations? When when do they feel comfortable, and when do they, is it easier just to say no and leave it at that, and 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 t- probably tempt the the consequence that people are going to feel sorry for you because they're going to assume that if you don't, then you must really really want them.
5: Um, well, I'll jump in again real quick. Um, I kind of I kind of li- like to kick the beehive. So um, when people ask that question, it is usually a loaded question. They expect the yes answer, especially when you've been married for twenty years. Um, so usually, what I do is I look them straight in the eyes and smile and say, "Nope," um, and that usually kills the conversation. <laughs> um, they don't they don't usually know where to go from there. But you know, o- occasionally it'll turn into a conversation. But more often than not, it just kind of kills the conversation
1: so anybody else have any experience with that want to talk about how that works out in your lives
2: well when i was younger earlier on in our relationship and when i was closer to prime childbearing years i had a few friends and family who were concerned about our decision not to have children and were concerned that i specifically was depriving myself of not only the experience of childbearing and raising, but uh, a unique relationship that, and these are parents themselves who would say these things to me, that they felt um, was one of the most rich experiences in their lives. And so I had a few people who just really had heart-to-hearts with me about, Karen, I just think you're missing out on such an important thing. I'm concerned about you. And it was hard to figure out how to respond to them. And, of course, I'm not a parent. I've been very close to many parents for many years, and so I've been a close observer of the parenting role. Some of them have been single parents, women friends as single parents, another unique situation. Uh, So I think I have some understanding, but, of course, I can not understand. I've never had a child, and maybe they're right. Maybe if I could tell what it was like, to both be, have a child and to be child-free, I would say, of course I'd want a child. I will never know that. I do know my life has been very fulfilling. And, in fact, I can have as much interaction with children as I want. And I have had very close interactions with children at periods in my life Uh, So I have had a lot of the satisfaction of having children in my life. But presumably you don't say all this to somebody
1: who you just meet at, like, a meeting. You sit down and and they're like, so you have kids. I mean, how do you respond to those kind of casual questions without... You're going back and forth in your mind of, all right, am I going to be a Debbie Downer and talk about, you know, overpopulation? And then they're going to feel like, oh, no, you're a kid hater. And, you know, am I going to get into politics with this person I don't know? Am I going to take the easy route and just say no and then let them assume what they want to assume? I mean, how do you determine when is a good time to get into it, when is not a good time to get into it, when is a teaching opportunity? Anybody have any? (laughs) I'm looking for advice on this one, folks. And for people out there listening, how, how do you handle that? Well, I think you
4: you play it by ear, so I'm a sociologist, so social context is very important to me, so, it, it, you know, it depends upon the context. Frankly, I would be happier if people asked me, do you have children, than the question that, as opposed to the question that I often get, which is, how many children do you have? Mm. So starting from the assumption that, of course, I have them. Um, so, yeah, that would be great to get the, do you have children? And I think it I know Lance already said he likes to kick the beehive. He's more comfortable in that discomfort than I am. So usually if I get the question, I will say no, and then I'll follow up with some sort of explanation. But I, I do play it by ear depending upon my audience. And if I feel like it's an audience that's not going to be particularly receptive, I'll turn it around and ask them if they have children. And then they're usually, more often than not, they are people who do have children, uh, and then they're happy to tell me about their children. And if they don't, then it's a bigger conversation and it's a richer conversation because we share this thing in common.
1: Larry Dinsinger, you haven't weighed in on this, but you're kind of noted for liking to shake things up a little bit. So I, oh, no. I just wonder how you I respond to that I question. I dream of it.
3: <laughs> um, uh, one option is just to say, uh, if if I if they ask me if I have kids or how many kids, and I say I don't have any. Would you like to know why? And if they say yes, then we can talk about it. And if they say no, um, boy, those uh, those Red Sox are good, doing great, or they're t- doing terrible, or something <laughs> like that. I'm sure we could come up with a different topic. Just change the All subject. Right. Yes. All right.
1: And uh, Karen, Mary, you started to talk a little bit about. Uh, how to respond to family members. How many of you have experienced that pressure from family members and, and probably get into deeper conversations with people like that that you know better or close friends who have uh, tried to change your mind?
3: Well, in my case, this is Larry, um, I didn't really have much pressure because I have an older brother who had three kids. And so from my mother's point of view, that was good enough. Mm. Yeah, because that is
1: part of it, is the yeah. grandparents. Like, I'm not yes. going to get to be a grandparent. Right, right.
3: Yeah. So I don't think my mother had all that much to say. She probably was a little disappointed. But uh, then again, she, there are other things she was even more disappointed about. So um, th- this was just this is just a small item to add to the list.
1: Lance Blackstone, you look like you wanted yeah, to jump in
5: there. Um, I, I didn't. The same kind of situation. I had four older sisters, all of which... Um, produced one or two children each. So there's lots of nephews and nieces. Um, But I grew up uh, in the South, in the Bible Belt. And so for me, I think there's a big religious aspect to this as well. And so it took me a long time to really come to the point where I realized I could make the decision no because I felt like there was a lot of self-imposed pressure because of growing up in that kind of an environment. Um, So that there was there was kind of definitely a moment where, you know, all this kind of slid off of me, and I'm like, oh, there's there's a decision to be made here as opposed to a given yeah, path. Yeah. Yeah.
1: And did you want to, uh, this is Dr. Amy Blackson. did you want to weigh in on family pressures at um, all? Sh- well, sure. So Lance and I really have been
4: pretty fortunate. We we haven't uh, gotten a lot of pressure, as Lance said. We have many nieces and nephews from his side of the family. I have a sister who has two children, and I my sister has said, that she thinks it would be cool to see what a little Lance and Amy would look like and be fun for her kids to interact with that person. Uh, I agree that would be interesting, but not it's not a compelling enough reason to make a choice that's a, a lifelong <laughs> commitment. So, I think
1: there are probably but, apps that do that now. Yeah,
4: <laughs> yeah. I, I do want to say I, I think our – situation is is unusual at least um in terms of the people that we meet through our our blogging we we've met many people who have uh experienced a lot of pressure from family friends um and of course we all experience the cultural pressure but i don't know how how normative our own experience of little family pressure actually is
1: all right. If you're just joining us, listeners, this is Maine Currents. I'm your host, Amy Brown, and I'm joined in the studio today by, with two couples who are child-free by choice. And uh, Larry Danzinger and Karen Mary's daughter are both well-known in this area as environmental activists who have made that decision. And uh, Larry also is a host here on WERU of Outside the Box, which is heard on Tuesday mornings. And we also have Amy Blackstone, who's a professor, Dr. Amy Blackstone, sociologist and a researcher in this area at the University of Maine who has um, appeared around the country talking about it. She, along with her husband, Lance Blackstone, who's also joining us, blog about this extensively at um, We're Not Having a Child, We're Not Having a Baby.com. And we have a caller on the line. Go ahead, Jody from Harborside. Welcome to the program.
6: Hi, Amy. I'd like to make the case for the use of child-free for those of us who didn't necessarily start out uh, sure of ourselves about whether or not to have children. I have to admit that there was a time that I thought I wanted a child, but in the 30 years, and I've been single all this time, um, since I have not been fertile, I have changed my mind. Um, I've come around to be very glad that I don't have the financial drain, that I don't have to deal with um, kids wanting to go to the mall. (laughs) And I wouldn't want to be a grandmother because of all of the things that children are now expected to do with technology. I think it's very unhealthy to give children cell phones. I know it's unhealthy to give children cell phones. And there are just so many uh, choices having to do with the toxic effect of the culture. Um, that make me glad that I am not in any position to have to be repressive or restrictive around, uh, what children are allowed to do. It's, it's just, um, it's just too difficult. And that's, that's a a very personal reason that I would prefer to call myself child free because, um, although the term didn't, didn't come around for me as a choice until the last decade or so, um, I don't. I don't like the word "childless," uh, implying that I am somehow uh, not uh, as full, uh, uh, as fully formed a, a person as I as I know myself to be. Jody,
1: can I ask you? And this is optional, but if you'd like to weigh in on the questions I was asking the guests here earlier, of how do you respond when people come up to you and ask you whether or not you have kids? Do you get into it with them or do you just say no and leave it at that
6: I haven't done any more than say I am child free but um, those are all the reasons that I that I just gave and um, knowing the population statistics is is interesting but I think numbers are kind of numbing so I just I just prefer to focus on the reasons that have to do with <clears throat> what what is happening to people's minds with with all of the social media that seems to be taking over um it's more than i want to waste my time on and and i certainly wouldn't want to see any more children having to feel the need to to keep up These are interesting questions. I'm glad you're having the discussion.
1: Thanks for calling in and joining it, Jody. And it looks like we may have another caller coming through, but we have a phone line open now. If you'd like to be the next one up on deck, give us a call. The number here in the studio is 469 500 Again, four six nine zero five hundred, and uh, John will put you through so you can ask a question or make a comment, weigh in on this discussion about being child-free by choice. You can also call toll-free at one eight six 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 two five nine three seven eight, and we have Lou from Hope joining us now. Lou, welcome to the program. Hello. Hey, Lou. What's on your mind?
0: Well, I'm, I just turned on the program. I didn't know that this show would be on. And- it's a subject near and dear to my heart, so I thought I'd at least put put something out there for people that uh, my own experience has been a little challenging around children. And I do have one child, and it was not actually a choice of mine, and I appreciate it. Ha-
1: I'm sorry. Excuse me. Do you have your radio one in the background? No, We're I
0: turned it. feedback. Actually, it's down. Let's turn it yeah, off. How's yeah. that? Oh,
1: I think that's better. Thank you.
0: Yeah. So I'm not sure the format of your show, but I thought I would just mention my own experience. Yes, please do. Um, That's
1: right in keeping with the format.
0: Well, I appreciate the challenges that people run into if they choose not to have children. And uh, certainly children have been both a a blessing and a challenge. You know, a, a real point of uh, concern in my own life. And uh, I feel like at this point in our... Uh, civilization's history that it's really worth taking the risk if you're considering the choice of being child free and i also appreciate people who will uh, take the bull by the horns and discuss why that we could use a lot less people and it really has nothing to do with in my mind with how much we love kids Uh, but we're just really up against the wall uh, ecologically. So that's the part that's interesting to me. Let, and, but let me just ask uh, you, before
1: I, you before you go on, Lou, you said something about taking the risk. Would you, can you clarify what you mean by that?
0: I guess what I mean is that we do have a culture that uh, implicitly or explicitly uh, looks to us to procreate. And of course, no species can continue if if they don't procreate enough to continue. So now, I get all that, but it feels to me as though it's time to really address, particularly in the Western world where we uh, consume so many resources, whether we really want to or not. We just we live in the United States of America, and, and thus uh, it would be, I think, well for us to back off on the whole child bit. So thank you for the opportunity.
1: Great. Thank thank you for your call, Lou. Again, the number is 4690500 if you'd like to join the discussion. There does seem to be sort of battling statisticians about uh, whether or not uh, birth... One of the studies I read that had me completely confounded this afternoon, I have to admit, was that birth rates are down, but fertility is on the increase. And I wasn't sure exactly what that meant in the U.S. Uh, There are also... uh, uh, Point, counterpoint articles back and forth about uh, population issues, but for most people in the articles that I read, it seems to come down to uh, kids born in the U.S. and the amount that they consume and the population here uh, being the numbers for uh, the impact that a smaller population can have as compared to a larger family that uses fewer resources in another country. So how do, how do those different factors play in? Population, uh, I mean, it doesn't seem like we're at risk of going extinct as a species if people have fewer <laughs> kids, uh, but apparently for some people that is a concern. There actually are articles out there warning that we're going to go extinct, and before we go extinct we're going to run out of taxpayers and people to take care of older people. Um and then there are concerns as well about resources and overconsumption.
3: Mm-hmm. Uh, this, is Larry, um, there um, for some co- for some countries, it, it varies from country to country. Uh, fertility rates, and I think that's the important factor, can be as low as uh, maybe one point three, one point four, in certain countries. Uh, particularly some European countries. That meaning
1: the average children the, the per woman? The number per
3: woman. Okay. That, you know, each uh, the average is each woman in that country produces 1.3 children, for example. In the U.S., it's just about two, maybe slightly more than that. So um, you can have fertility rates, I think, in Afghanistan uh, or, uh, and maybe a couple other countries are around six. But if you... Add in the consumption factor, actually, uh, people in Afghanistan uh, are not consuming even one-third as much as each person in the U.S. is. So really, people in the U.S., uh, if you combine both the fertility rate and the consumption factor, uh, the U.S. is probably the highest impact on the planet, you know, if you combine those two factors together, the number of people and the amount that they consume. So really you need to uh and I think there's even a some kind of a formula about that I'm trying to remember what the letters are but basically that's the idea you know f- uh look at both of those factors and and uh, determine the actual impact I think it may be I equals impact equals p po- p for population plus c or something for consumption or m for materialism something like that
1: I came across an article by a woman named Erica Jais. I think it's uh, pronounced from July 14th of, I think, this year, maybe 2014. Uh, she's an independent journalist who writes about core requirements for life, water, and energy for the New York Times, The Guardian, The Economist, and National Geographic, among other outlets. And she says, quote, Technology optimists are convinced that human ingenuity will save us as the Green Revolution doubled cro- uh, crop yields, but while people are working to make human activities more sustainable, increasing population blunts their impact. Consider California's efficiency requirements for appliances, which reduced their energy use to just 25 percent of those 40 years ago. Unfortunately, California's population nearly doubled during that time, so lower power consumption has so power consumption overall has barely budged. She goes on to say, others argue that consumption is a bigger problem than population. After all, the carbon impact of a child born in the U.S., including its descendants, is more than 160 times the impact of a child born in Bangladesh. I first wrote about my decision in 2011 when I noted that the world population had doubled in my lifetime to 7 billion while some feedback was hostile, including people who told me that I should kill myself, so if you're considering that, no need. Other people thanked me for articulating their views. Many in non-Western, many are non-Western, such as the 29-year-old man who said the struggle to survive in overpopulated India led him to decide against having kids, a view that is an anathema to his family. Unlike in the West, he says, unlike in the West where not having a child is seen as an act of selfishness, he wrote, Indians think of it as a complete personal failure. I was going to address a question to Karen on that because she's a climate activist, but we have a call from Trent in Trenton, I believe. So let's take that first, and then we'll uh, uh, throw that back over to Karen. Go ahead, Trent. Thanks for joining us.
0: Oh, thank you for having me. Um, I call every once in a while on some of these issues. Now, now, now. Going again, you know, with some of the stuff you've said, I'm in the process of reading that new book that just came out by Naomi Klein. This changes everything. With climate and, and corporatism. Mm-hmm. And then, and this is stuff that I thought about before. I mean, if you have too many kids that, that, that you can support, what's our planet going to do? And when someone else and I'll say this, someone else you know, speaks up and says hey, we're going down the wrong path we're going down the wrong path as far as resources I mean, how many plastic diapers do we need?
1: Hmm. Alright, well thanks Thanks for calling in Trent, appreciate that uh, Karen, as far as the climate, the carbon impact uh, can do you want to add anything to that quote that I was just reading from the article? Is there anything that you'd like to add to that?
2: Well, it's true that many people make the distinction between population and consumption. And there is a distinction. Um, however, do we all want to live the standard of living as uh, an average Bangladeshi? Probably not. Um, I think it's reasonable that people want some level of comfort and choice, just having the choice to be child-free, for one, for women. Um But the planet can't sustain the number of people we have at uh, that standard of living. So I think that both issues have to be addressed, both consumption and population. Um, I do think that I have not personally been accused of being selfish, but I have heard... It's said around me at times that people who choose not to have children are selfish, and I do have a very hard time with that. Um, I take that very personally. And and when I get into my self-righteous mode, it's like, well, the people who are having children are being selfish. And I don't want to get into... You know, I don't want to go down that road. People have children for many, many different reasons, just as people who are child-free do it for many different reasons. Um, But I do think that this unquestioning push to continue to have children is um, not good for all of us. And and actually, one of the hardest times I have now is when people are having babies, and I'm supposed to be excited and happy for them. And frankly, although I think children, babies are a joy, I've been around many of them, and they're delightful. I have a really hard time being happy that, people are young people are continuing to just seem seemingly unquestionably reproduce and i am a coward i think a lot of the time by not speaking up and saying well why have you chosen to have children to to initiate the conversation because um, it impacts people more broadly now than perhaps it did when i was first born there's a real impact on everybody on the planet by a person's decision to have a child or not. And so the whole selfishness thing, um, I think, uh, is is a point of view. Well, one more quote about the environment, and then
1: I'm going to put it back over to the Blackstones about what some of the other reasons are as well from your research. Uh, the, I quoted a study at the introduction of the program, and I just wanted to let people know that was from the uh, Oregon State University, and it's widely cited if you... Do a Google search. Uh, It was uh, published in Global Environmental Change, a peer-reviewed international journal uh, that said to publish high-quality, theoretically, and empirically rigorous articles. And uh, they concluded that in the U.S., the carbon legacy and greenhouse gas impact of an extra child is almost 20 times more important than some of the other environmentally sensitive practices that people might employ in their everyday lives including things like driving a high-mileage car, recycling, uh, driving less, using energy-efficient appliances and light bulbs. And uh, if you want the link to that full study, you can Google and probably find it, but let me know after the program. It's also, I put the link up on our Facebook page, uh, w uh, Facebook slash WERUFM. But there are other reasons. Oh, and. The phone number again, 469-0500. Join us here on Maine Currents on WERU. We are talking about being child-free by choice. And again, my guests are Kara Mary's daughter and Larry Danzinger, both of whom are environmental and social justice activists in the area. And we are also joined by Dr. Amy Blackstone and Lance Blackstone, who blog at child-free or at uh, We Are Not Having a wearenothavingababy.com. And uh, Dr. Blackstone is also the chair of the sociology department at University of Maine, who's researched this subject widely and so what are some of the other reasons in addition to the environmental reasons that people have for uh, not having children and and I know that we don't often ask people what are your reasons for having children this is something that we're only expected to explain if we don't have them but what are some of the reasons?
4: Well there are uh, both macro-level explanations for the trend that we've seen, at least in the U.S., uh, since the mid-1970s, and then also individual-level reasons, of course. So if you look at culturally what has happened since the mid-1970s, when, when, since uh, fertility rates have declined... Well, we've got a big thing called the second wave feminist movement that had an impact on people's choice for sure. Uh, reproductive choice is the landscape of reproductive choice is much different. was much different in the 70s than it was prior to that. So as women had increasing choice about um, their own reproduction, uh, we saw fertility rates decline. And as opportunities for women in the workplace increased, um, we've seen. Uh, fertility rates decline, So that's sort of what was going on culturally, I think, driving the change. At the same time, if you ask individual child-free people why they've made the choice not to have children, uh, those things do come up as reasons, particularly the the interest in, in a career. That's one of the more common reasons that women provide. Uh, autonomy is, is a reason that men and women both provide, uh, just an interest in wanting to make their own choices on a day-to-day Um, basis about how they spend their time and their lives Uh, the financial impact of of rearing children is a reason that both men and women mention uh, more commonly mentioned by men than by women Um, and couples, uh, child free couples cite wanting time together wanting time to nurture their relationship with each other as a reason for their choice
1: and what about that? Uh, There was a question at a website called Quora.com the asked if a relationship is childless either through circumstances or choice what holds it together (laughs) (laughs) this is Lance
5: Blackstone yeah that that's just one of the saddest things I've ever heard Um, I I guess if you don't want to be together why would you have a child I mean that that just that boggles my mind Uh, what what kind of parents can you be to a child if if you don't have a relationship that would last if you didn't have a child Um, so that that's a lot of these um we we call them child-free bingos because people have all these reasons when they ask you why you don't have a, ch- a child and all the reasons you should have a child and um so many of them are are contradictory um on their face and you know to me that that's that's one of the one of them like why how, how do you even get there i i don't understand um you 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 want to marry somebody or be in a relationship with somebody um, only to have children what if you can't have children what if your children leave what i mean it just it just doesn't make make any sense to me so
1: and you said the two of you have been married for 20 years <clears throat> that's right which seems absolutely impossible cuz you look like you're in your 20s we have all these young looking people <laughs> these two young looking couples that have been here for have been together forever and the two of you have been together since 1982 Larry and Karen? Is that correct? Yes. So how is that possible? You didn't have kids. How did you stay together? <laughs> what was the cement in the relationship?
3: Gosh, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> no, I think I, um, I think we shared a lot of beliefs and interests in common. I think we had a good time with each other. I think we've both been very tolerant of each other's uh, failures and foibles. Um, and I think um, you know, we've found things that we want, you know, things that we want to share together in a way that we wouldn't as individuals.
2: Has there been a time. Uh, as
3: do you want to add to that, do Karen? You, do you want to join?
2: Well, again, I don't know what having a child would be like. My experience is that it can be a real test of a relationship, and many relationships don't survive it. So i don't know whether we would have survived having children. <clears throat> I suspect that we have i know that we have very different ideas about how we might raise a child, even though we agree on many other things, so uh that probably would have been a source of real stress in our relationship um, but you did what to that kid. <laughs> It does
1: seem like they've got to be at least as much stress as they are cement. Again, callers, if you want to weigh in on this topic, give us a call, four six nine zero five hundred. 500 um, People who don't want to have kids, especially women, are looked at as being cold, uncaring. Uh, they seem to need to bend over backwards to talk about how much they do for other people's kids. Even recently, the actress Kim Cattrall uh, came out on... Uh, talking about being child free and had to immediately in the next sentence talk about putting her niece through Harvard or medical school or something uh, there There seems to be this need to justify that you that you still like kids, which maybe some people don't like kids, and is that a crime but i i th- I do think almost everybody i 've talked to does like children uh, throughout history. It's been even worse. Uh, One of the articles I read in preparing for this program said that even in the Salem witch trials, the women who ended up being convicted and accused predominantly were women who had no children or very few children. I mean, it's in in religions, different cultures. It's really, really frowned upon to different degrees. Uh, That's not a question, but I want you to weigh in on that if you'd like. I think we're,
3: in many ways, we're still living in the past. Um, Fifty years ago, certainly a hundred years ago, uh, relationships were seen primarily as a way to produce children, to continue the species, uh, to have enough people to do the work around the house or the homestead, um, you know, to take care of the parents because the parents' health would often not you know, not maintain itself very well over the long term. So the role, the role of children in families was seen very differently at the time. Now that role is different, and uh, we're reevaluating that role. And I think one of the ideas of this program and one of the ideas of the whole concept of child-free is to say, what is the role of children in a real, in in a family? And do we need to have that child in there to fulfill uh, all our needs and to maintain, um, you know, our, our continuation of our species. And I think the answer is hmm, not as much as we thought or not as much as it used to be. And, and certainly uh, I hope people will come out of this program saying, hmm, did I need to have that child? Was that, you know, I, I'm sure they would still embrace having children, but if they... know have um, children or grandchildren who are thinking about it to be able to encourage them to think of the choices and there is both a choice of having children and being child free and really evaluating those two choices and not automatically going for one.
5: Yeah and actually just to kind of finish that thought to some degree the the notion that um, one of the one of the questions that that people who are child free gets get asked is who's going to take care of you when you're older, and that kind of builds on what you were saying. and And there was a world where your children took care of you when you were older, and we don't live in that world anymore. There's very few children who actually take care of their parents when they're older these days. So. Um, I think it is it is something that needs to be reevaluated and um, and and thought about because it's it's again it's one of those things that reality isn't really matching uh, people's expectations.
1: All right, I want to. Um have both Karen Mary's daughter and Dr. Amy Blackstone weigh in on that question, especially the part about women being cold and uncaring if we, if we don't have children. We do have a caller on the line, though. We'll go to him first, and then we'll come back to that question. Patrick and Penobscot, thanks for joining us.
7: Hello. Hello, Amy, and everybody. I want to commend everybody for uh, the topic, and, and, you know, you don't it doesn't have to be called courage. You made a, a, a conscious decision, and I commend that. And uh, Larry started this thing, and since I think I began dialing, it was repeated is that, in fact, uh, times certainly have changed uh, very rapidly. And um, uh, if any young people need any uh, fuel for uh, thought in this thing, the uh, aforementioned uh, This Changes Everything, you know, and you know, Elizabeth Colbert's book and on and on, the, everything points at a uh, very um, strange future uh I have one natural child and i I don't know how this ever happened, but I managed to raise three and a half uh families and uh, three and uh, a half did you say yes I'm, I'm, <laughs> I'm afraid I used to joke about that, but I won't explain this now, but two so stepchildren and 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 uh step and things and the joys were immense and Whether there was money, stresses, and stuff, it was secondary to doing it. It's amazing what you can do when you're under the gun. Um, I wouldn't have changed it, uh, except perhaps now I I would. I'm glad I only had one natural child uh, in some respect. Um, However, I am looking at a three-year-old grandchild now, and I am frightened to death for her. And this is what I think very young people uh, m- might want to keep in mind, is that uh, things are going to change much more rapidly than uh, the common conversation describes it as. And I'm convinced of this, and I'm, I'm no authority, but um, uh, the population, everything we t- you all have brought up, is uh very real and uh very important and perhaps the trend that you were you all have chosen to take it will become a trend if i can say that um uh, my thoughts are not clear now i just wanted to comment the show is good and i'll free up the air
2: thank
1: you very much and you were clear patrick we appreciate your your call so either commenting on that or back to the question of whether, or I guess, my question, if I put it in that form, would be whether or not you, as women, have dealt with feeling that uh, society thinks you are cold or somehow less than or even maybe an evil witch that needs to be burned at some points in history for not having children. Um, have you experienced any of that, either Karen Mary's daughter, Dr. Amy Blackstone, either of you want to weigh in on that?
4: Uh, well, I, I can say that Dr. the Buston. the research does indeed show that that is the perception of women who don't have children. So, um, it, it, personally, I, I think I've 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 experienced a little bit of that, but I, I know that that is you know empirically it's it is the case that that's the stereotype we hold of women who don't have kids. I think it's interesting to think about what we mean when we say the word selfish, and if we mean that you've um, that you're living a life that that you've chosen. Uh, that that applies equally to child free people and to parents who've actually chosen to be parents. Now I recognize that not not all parents have made that choice. Um, so I guess we we can share that title if we want. Um, also, thinking about you know what does the word selfish mean and does it mean contributing to your society in a positive way? There's there is research that shows that people who don't have children and 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 the studies that i 'm aware of do include both childless and child free people in in their work. Um, the people who don 't have children actually volunteer and contribute to charities more at a higher rate than parents do, and that makes sense. Um, they have uh, possibly have more disposable income and and more free time that allows them to do that. but I think that it's important to keep that in mind when we 're throwing out labels like selfish and thinking about people who don't have kids
2: well and being accused of being cold and uncaring has been used to control women for millennia i mean if you're a lesbian you're cold and uncaring toward men and if you're a career woman you're cold and uncaring um on the job let's face it it's just a way to try to keep women in our place like the ultimate insult
1: to your womanhood
2: Yes, so it's it's a real feminist issue, the idea of choice. And, in fact, I Amy could tell us better about the research, but what from what I've been reading, when women are given education, primarily education, they choose over and over and over again to have smaller families. And when they have access to, to birth control and reproductive choice, they choose to have smaller families. When women who really want children want less of them, when they have that choice and probably the best thing we could do to control population would be to educate women hmm. uh,
1: does having a network of other child free friends help and and how much is this becoming a movement it, at least the perception that the impression that I got online is that social media has bringing together a lot of people who felt really isolated in this uh, how is how is that in the community is it is it a growing movement? Have you tied in with other people who don't have kids? Is that a supportive environment, sort of locally and globally? Well, if you look at online
4: communities, definitely um, it has changed over the last oh, 20 years or so in the, in the 90s um, and then the early 2000s, shortly after uh, Facebook became a thing, which I think was about 2005-ish. Um, shortly after that, there were about, 15 child-free groups for a number of years and if you if you look at child-free if you log into Facebook and just search for the term child-free uh you'll get probably around the last I checked there were about 86 um so you'll get you know Facebook groups right right so both um private groups that you can join to have private conversations with people but also public groups so and you know just google the term and you'll find any number of blogs um and yeah, I think that in that sense, uh, people are coming together online and there's certainly research that shows that doing that can help re- reduce the sense of stigma that people feel. Um, so I guess we could call it a move in that sense. Um, at the same time that people who've made the choice to have children, that's a pretty diverse group. Um, so beyond the choice not to have kids there's not a lot that we have
1: in common with each other. I mean, there
4: are some patterns, but... Um,
1: Probably heavy traffic on Mother's Day and Father's Day. Yeah, and those yeah, and yeah. Things. I think it's an open
4: question about whether it's a movement, but I think it's a great mm. question.
1: How about in the community? Do you have other friends that are child-free? Is there sort of a support with that? Uh, I know that a lot of people make friends at, in adult years by joining together over their kids' activities, is there a sort of substitute for that if you don't have kids?
2: I have friends who are, have children and friends who do not. Um, I, I was aware, again, during my prime childbearing years, that there was a whole subculture of parents that I was not a part of. So if I was in a group... And the conversation was about uh, T-Ball and Little League and about, um, you know, the, going to the doctor with their kids, whatever. I was just always on the sidelines of things like that. And that was noticeable to me. But, I again, I I not only had uh, child-free friends, but as I said before, I had some single-parent friends who were very, very, very happy to have another adult to talk to on a regular basis about... The challenges of being a single parent, so so I feel like I had some uh, crossed over in a lot of ways, and didn't necessarily feel the need for a lot of uh, child-free support during that time. Anybody else want to weigh on that?
3: Um, this is Larry, Larry I, th- I think there's a different issue that um, that I think is really important, and that is that. A lot of people who want to be parents are concerned about um, you know f- feeling that they nobody can tell them they can't have kids, and so that's you know working a little bit on the population issue and being concerned about how many people we have on this planet. Uh, I know a lot of people uh of all political stripes who feel very defensive when we talk about uh, having less kids or not having kids, because they feel they want to have that choice, just as people who don't want to have children want to have that choice. Is as there well. any
1: danger that that won't be a choice for people? Is there any? Um, well, China, may- in China, I mean. uh, yeah. We've been t- focusing mostly in the U.S. though, but yeah,
4: here. I don't well, think the
3: the the. Chi- I think the uh, myth about China's a one-child uh, limit is. Uh, mostly a myth, because a lot of people in China do have more than one. But And there's a lot of exceptions that the Chinese government has made to that. But there is still that kind of concern that people have. But there's nobody in, have.
1: among those of you here in this room that would advocate for any kind of law limiting how many children people could have, or or would you? No. I'm seeing lots of shaking heads, no. but you're on I, radio, so you have to speak.
5: <laughs> yeah, no. Um, is, I mean, at least speaking left for left. myself. This is Lance. Um, you know to me it's about turning the putting the the onus on choosing to have children as opposed to putting the onus on choosing not to have children to me this is one of the most incredibly important decisions that anybody could ever make in their life and they're just abdicating that decision to you know cultural pressure essentially um you know you'd think about whether or not you want to get a dog you'd think about whether or not you want to buy a car most people don't think about whether or not they want to have kids. They're just going to have kids. So they're going to. Let's uh,
1: <laughs> um, have a. We're going to run out of time in a minute and a half. So let's just go, do a go around. Let everybody weigh in on that. Okay, Larry. Um,
5: yeah, I,
3: okay. I was just going to say I'd, I'd actually advocate for advocate for not having incentives for having children. Mm-hmm. Uh, one good example is tax incentives. You know, not giving people uh, higher you know higher deductions or allowances. Under income taxes big has they have more kids okay so there's some incentives there that I think uh, shouldn't be there okay
6: dr.
1: Amy Blackstone
3: sorry what is the question that I'm <laughs> <laughs>
1: Well, weighing in on, uh, obviously, I, I think that nobody in this room is advocating for there being some policy saying limiting how many kids somebody can have. But um, you can weigh in on that or any last comments that you have because we have about 30 seconds I, left.
4: <laughs> nope, don't think there should be a policy, but there should definitely be more discussion about the choice. All
2: right, Thank you. And, and Karen I've, I've said it before, education for women and access to uh, reproductive uh, controls, birth control. All right, we definitely
1: could have spoken longer about this. Thank you all for joining me very much. And uh, you've been listening to Maine Currents. It's a weekly program on at this time from 4 to 5 o'clock on Wednesdays with local news, views, and culture. I'm your host, Amy Brown. My guests today in the studio have been Dr. Amy Blackstone from the University of Maine Sociology Department, Karen Mary's daughter, Lance Blackstone, uh, Lance and Amy blog at i've said this wrong three times so far so i'm going to click on it first we are we're not having a baby.com you can go to their website and larry danzinger also has joined us he is the host of outside the box which can be heard on tuesday mornings at seven thirty here on weru and including an upcoming edition on child free and uh next month. next month sometime and john greenman has been our engineer today we thank him for that We have Larry Stahlberg in the studio getting ready for the jazz program tonight. And we have Democracy Now! coming up next here on your community radio station, WERU-FM 89.9 Blue Hill, 99.9 Bangor, and streaming online at WERU.org. Thanks for listening.
0: Support for WERU comes from Maine Farmland Trust, a member supported nonprofit organization focused on reviving the working landscape and securing a future for farming in Maine. More information on protecting farmland and supporting farmers at mainfarmlandtrust.org.
5: This is WERU FM 89.9 Blue Hill. It's online at WERU.org. Support for
0: WERU comes from Easterly Wine of Belfast, Maine, an independent enterprise that supports free speech, democracy, and independent media. Support for WERU also comes from joeyfixescomputers.com, visiting businesses and performing on-site services for more than computers
8: since 1998. 852-4999 or joeyfixescomputers.com. This is Community Radio, WERU FM, 89.9 Blue Hill, 99.9 in Bangor. Here's a quick look at the National Weather Service forecast for the Greater Bangor, Mid Coast, and Downeast regions. Tonight will be clear, overnight lows around 58, winds out of the southwest at 5 to 10 miles per hour. Thursday, sunny, highs 82 to 85, southwest winds 5 to 10. Thursday night clear, some patchy fog after midnight, overnight lows around 58, winds will be out of the west at 5 to 10 gusting up to 20 miles per hour. Friday, expect patchy fog in the morning. It'll be sunny, high 78 to 85. Southwest winds 5 to 10 miles per hour. Saturday, mostly to partly sunny, high 75 to 80. And Sunday, mostly cloudy in the morning, then becoming partly sunny with a 40% chance of showers, highs around 72. In the marine forecast for the Penobscot Bay Area, tonight, southwest winds 5 to 10 knots will diminish to around 5 knots after midnight. Seas 1 to 2 feet in the evening, and then 1 foot or less. Thursday, southwest winds around 5 knots, becoming southerly in the afternoon. Seas 1 foot or less, and then 1 to 2 feet in the afternoon. Patchy dense fog in the morning, with visibility variable to less than 1 quarter mile in the morning. Thursday night across the water, southwest winds 5 to 10 knots, will diminish to around 5 knots after midnight. Seas 1 to 2 feet in the evening, and then 1 foot or less. This is Community Radio, WERU-FM. Stay tuned for Democracy Now!
5: Support for WERU comes from the Maine Organic Farmers and Gardeners Association, a nonprofit organization building sustainable communities through sustainable agriculture. Information on events, certification, and membership at 568 4142 or MOFGA.org.
8: The five o'clock hour long edition of Democracy Now! is recorded each weekday morning at 8, at which time listeners can hear the live Democracy Now! headlines. Thank you for tuning in.
1: From Pacifica, this is Democracy Now!
8: We are uh, very interested in speaking with Mr. Blake and hope to hear back from him to extend an apology for the experience he encountered.